Hey friends, welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast. Today, something a little bit different. I'm answering a listener's question about my experiences and what are my mistakes that I've made along the way. So today's episode, we're going to give you seven mistakes that I've made along the way. I wanted to call it maybe my seven deadly sins or confessions from a real retailer life. Hang on and grab a pen. I'm hoping that my experiences and my mistakes, I guess I'm calling them mistakes, but things I've learned along the way will help you in your journey. And maybe you'll see some things that you're doing and feel like, you know what? We all have a hot mess time at times in our business, uh, and I hope that you glean a little bit of information from this. So I'm going to share some mistakes and how I remedied them and what I'm doing now. So hopefully that makes sense. Okay, stay tuned. Let's chat about my seven deadly sins. Running a retail business doesn't have to be so hard. Welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast, the go-to podcast for creative shop owners, studio owners, and independent retailers. I'm your host, Wendy Batten, retail business coach and mentor. Each week, I'll share simple proven business strategies, inspiring stories from fellow retailers and advice from industry experts. Together, we're going to work to find the success you want from your retail business with more profits in your till and a little more joy in your life. Okay, one of the first things that I talk about a lot in the podcast here And if you're new around here, by the way, hey, hi, we're so glad you're here. So first of all, I'm Wendy and I'm imperfect, just like everybody is. So even as a coach or even as a business coach, I think sometimes people put us maybe on a pedestal and that sounds really dorky and whatever, but that's not true. I mean, we've all had experiences and I've had a lot and I'm still failing every day, but we learn from our failures, right? And I'm hoping that some of these hard things that I've learned along the way will help you. So one of the first things is superwoman syndrome. Now I've talked about, I've spoken about this and I've, uh, I talk about it regularly. Um, Superwoman, superman syndrome. Really it is, you know, I can do anything. I can do it my way. <laughs> you know, it's there is a time to bootstrap. And I did a whole podcast on when, you know, stop to stop DIYing everything in our business. There is a time to bootstrap. There is a time to DIY all the things when you're first building. And but as we're growing, we do need to learn to let go. We do need to learn to not wear that superwoman cape and just do all of the things. There is a time to leapfrog. I mean, I'm smart, I'm capable, I can figure it out. That was always my mantra with almost everything in business. And we've been in business, my husband and I, for many years. And I've run, you know, two successful businesses onto our third year. But, you know, there's always new challenges. And I don't know why it took me so long to understand (laughs) in my big, thick skull that why not use other people's help (laughs) who've already gone through the journey. Why? Like, it's silly to not leapfrog and not um, learn from the people who have gone before you, right? Or who are going through with you. I, I don't know why we hold that so tight. And again, that's part of that bootstrapping mindset, I guess. Um, 
when it comes to <laughs> to running our business. So that was a big thing for me. That was um, and, and and continues to be something I always have to work on. And actually, all of these things I'm still working on. I think all of them. So what I'm doing now, just to to fast forward and how it's changed for me, I did realize that was pretty dumb uh, for me, and it wasn't serving me, and it wasn't serving my business. So. I, you know, I, I've, I've stopped DIYing everything. I've started investing in other things and other people to help me with my business. So that was one of the first things. I also, I also call that arrogance. I feel like I was maybe being really arrogant in my early um, parts of running my shop. And that's hard to say, it's hard to admit, but not asking for help and DIYing everything in my business is kind of arrogant. Like it's like, I know everything and nobody knows anything. <laughs> so Anyway, there you have it. But now I've realized that's not the way of the world, that there's nobody running a business that way. So all of these tips that I'm sharing today, they're all kind of based around, you know, stepping into that CEO role. I had to learn to step into that CEO role, right? right? So number two that I would call, I'm not sure it's a mistake or um, something that happened to me is I took everything personally a lot and hard. <laughs> I took business really personally. So I would take, um, you know, if somebody said, you know, your shop is dumb or this is, you know, you don't have anything nice here or your prices are too high or whatever the thing was or they left a bad review or, you know, all the things, right? I took it so personally. Like, I mean, deep down inside, I'm like, I wear my heart on my sleeve, which I think serves me in lots of other ways, but it was really hard because friends, business is personal. I don't care what they say. The businesses that we run are personal. We run businesses that we grow from our heart and soul. And so it did, you know, it did take me a long time to realize that, hey, maybe that person that left that review is not, you know, good intentioned, or maybe that review wasn't fair, or maybe it was fair and I needed to learn from it and not just get sad about it or take it hard. The other thing that I think I had a hard time with and I know I did and I'm trying to tiptoe around this but I probably wasn't really open to other people's ideas critique if you will so I wasn't asking for it I wasn't asking for my team's input um, and I wasn't asking for other people's advice or I don't know maybe that I don't know if that makes sense but so you know I would take everything personal if they would say well maybe what if you did this or did that and I'd be like nope do it my way again back to that arrogant thing and I'm not an arrogant person just FYI but I just think it's this self-employed mindset of you know bootstrapping it and doing it my way and I have my vision which is good but sometimes we have to open our you know our eyes to other things but the the um the bad reviews or the, the, the mean things that people say. I also went through a period of time where somebody took one of my business courses and then um, trademarked the name. And, you know, we went through a whole thing there that hurt. And I took it really personal, like really personal then when people steal things from you and all of that. And a lot of you listening have been through that. And I know, so I, I that would really bring me down and it would just wear me out. So now fast forward into what I'm, how things have changed and what I'm doing now is I'm just super aware of it. We actually did a podcast on emotions and mindset and all of that. So um, you'll, we'll, we'll tag that in the, in the show notes, but I'm really aware of it. I'm also way more 
legitimized, if that makes sense. I've like legalized, legalized, that is not a word. I'm making up words on the podcast today, but um, I, I've just made things more legal and more legit, if that makes sense. You know, I have copyright and, and we have, you know, that kind of thing happening now. And we're just more attentive to those things. But also when it comes to bad reviews now, I review every review. And, and again, that's the podcast that we did uh, a podcast on, you know, how to take negative reviews and what to do with those and what to learn from them. So I, you know, I kind of evaluate them. Does it make sense? Is this, am I taking feedback? I pay attention to feedback, I guess is what I'm saying. So I'm really aware of it now. I try not to take it as personal, um, but you know, we still do. I still do. Business still is personal, but I've learned to handle that a little bit better. And Again, don't feel bad if you're feeling like your business is personal. I don't think we have a separation on that. Sorry to all those business gurus that say we do, but but understanding the definition or understanding how to evaluate and to take, um, maybe criticism is probably hard to take, but if we reframe that and we think of it as you know constructive criticism or constructive advice and that kind of thing, but again, mean things are gonna happen. The larger you grow as well, the, the the larger the pool of people you're in front of, that is something I had a hard time adjusting to as my business coaching has grown and grown and grown and the podcast here has grown. Thank you for sharing everybody and for listening, but it's grown. And so there's more, the, the pool is bigger of people's opinion and people are very opinionated. So there's bound to be people that I don't resonate with and don't like my advice. That's cool. I'm learning to say, okay, you're not my people. The same thing if somebody walks in your shop and says, you know, your prices are too high or this is dumb or, you know, whatever. Um, they're not your people, right? So we have to learn and, I, and I'm more confident in that now. So being more confident in your in what you're doing and what people are saying and who's saying it. The other thing I will admit to is that when uh, family, friends, people that weren't really my customers or, you know, they weren't my customers, but they were in my world, if that, and they would say, that's a dumb idea, or, you know, you're crazy, or we've all been there, right? <laughs> if you know, you know what I'm talking about. But so that stuff I used to take personal too, but I don't now. I just, you know, bless and release those people. <laughs> like, you know, thank you and move on, right? So that's okay. I'm confident now in what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And so I'm more aware, I guess, and I'm more confident. So that's what I'm doing now. Number three is um, comparisitis. So comparisitis, <laughs> that also goes along with imposter syndrome. So uh, comparisitis is another word I'm making up for you today on the podcast. And what I, what, the, what I mean by that is looking at everybody else and thinking everybody else has their hot mess, no hot mess. You know, they got all their poop together. <laughs> That's not the case. And, you know, looking at when I was running my shops and my studios, like, oh, Everybody else is like so much better at teaching workshops. Everybody's so, they're, they're merchandising so much better. They, they're so, they got their everything together. They're making so much money, you know, they're doing all the things. That's not true. That's that whole iceberg syndrome. And actually as a business coach now, and, you know, deep diving into hundreds of retailers, you know, back ends of businesses, there's hot messes everywhere. We all have it. I had it. You probably have something that's not perfect and that other people covet or think that you're doing 
better. And it's not so much thinking that people are doing better. It's um, how they're showing up, maybe. Sometimes that, that can be hard. And again, I did a whole podcast on how to use other people's success to fuel you. Um, and I, I actually think it's a really great podcast <laughs> if I do this so myself. But really, that podcast is about how to use like, you know, what is it that they're doing that looks so much better or that you covet or and it can be a mentor or could be like a big, you know, if you want to be like Pottery Barn, you know, like, oh, I'll never be Pottery Barn. Well, what can you take from Pottery Barn that you can do? So I had to also deal with the mindset of not freezing when that would set in. And that happens a lot, right? So I really work on that all the time. That's the mindset side of being a CEO, right? Um, understanding that, you know, I'm just going to do the best that I can. I'm going to show up. My customers seem to really like it. So I do have a few strategies that I use even now. I use all the time now um, when I'm feeling imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome, if you're not aware of what that is, if you haven't heard that before, it just means feeling like, what the heck am I doing running a store? Or what the heck am I doing business coaching? Or what, like, who am I to whatever it is that you feel? And that's a really common thing. Like, why would people want to come to my shop, right? Like, why? I'm nothing special. But you are. You are special. And, you know, you are doing things that other people aren't doing. So understanding imposter syndrome and what what that's limiting you for. And that was actually what my shift was. And how it's changed for me now is that I... Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I guess maybe I'm aware. A couple of little tips here. Here's a little tip. Write out 25 awesome things that make you unique to your competitors or in the world in general. <laughs> what are 25 things that are like, that you just know that you can rock and you're good at and, you know, just come naturally to you and customers are saying to you all the time, I just love how you, whatever, I love this about your shop. Um, you know what, and keeping client notes and testimonials handy because you get them. I know you do even little screenshots and grabs and you know, whatever. I actually keep a file and I've shared this many times. I have a bulletin board with <laughs> notes from my clients and cards and little gifties that I've received over the years. And um, I also have a file folder with screenshots in it. I know this sounds really crazy, but it's like when I'm feeling this, like, what the heck am I doing? Or why am I doing this? I pull those out and I remind myself, like, it's a ripple effect of what I'm doing. I'm helping clients and helping their business and helping their families and helping their communities. And, oh, look, this is, here's a note from Amy and Susan. And, you know, here's some notes. Okay. All right. Keep going, Wendy. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but that does help your mindset. So we all have that. We, everybody does. And we can convince ourselves and we can um, prove to ourselves that we're not good. We can we can get evidence to anything if we feel like, yep, yep, there you go. Look, my whole desk is a mess. It's a hot mess. Or, you know, yep, there, you know, no sales this afternoon. Yep, that's it. They found out I'm no good at shopkeeping. So, yep, that's it. No one's going to come in again. So we can get kind of frozen and think that everybody's going to everybody else and again this comparisitis and you know and for me it used to make me freeze it would just sort of like make me stop doing everything <laughs> like I would stop showing up or whatever so you know you have to learn to keep moving forward so I hope that's helpful to you and somebody out there number four in uh, things that mistakes I've made along the way or as I said my seven deadly sins or whatever we want to call it is I was a really poor communicator with my staff and team and I I think for a long time I just expected everybody else to like maybe it's an assumption that they would understand exactly what they should do it's like duh you just you know don't you see what needs to be done and that's 
not the way it should be. <laughs> that made me a poor leader. Um, I wasn't putting systems in place with my people. I wasn't training them properly. And I didn't have policies and procedure manuals in place. And I guess it, it was just, you know, um, winging it, a whole winging thing, winging it and assuming other people would wing it with me, right? So that was not good. <laughs> That's not good. I still have an issue with that. And there's team people listening to this right now that are going, oh yeah. So what I do now and how it has changed, fast forward a few years to having good team members, I actually hired somebody to help me be better organized. And, you know, I have somebody who sets up the systems for me now. And we have things like Asana, we have policies and procedures now, we have, you know, checklists and, you know, all of the things that we need to have in a business to run smoothly. And so it's not guesswork, people know what to do. We have team meetings now, imagine that, you know? And I mean team meetings like in, here's what we're doing and here's why we're doing it. And, you know, that kind of thing and having people on board with your culture. So I feel like I'm a way better boss than I was back in the day. I think I talk about that in my cafe days when I um, I did a podcast way back I think like 14 or 15 I'll put the notes in the I'll put the show notes here uh, I put in that podcast I shared you know how my expectations were with my staff that everybody was awesome and everybody just figured it out and anyway I talk about it a lot in there and some of the crappy things that happened when I, I, I wasn't a great boss back then um and I feel like I'm a better boss and I'm still working on this is something I'm still working on. So I have invested a lot in this as well, too. I've also invested in tools and I've invested in training for myself and I've invested in training um, or, you know, apps and all the things right that make things easier. And I've invested in people to help me be a better boss. So, you know, invest investing in my time and my personal development as a boss has been really big for me as well. Uh, number five, uh, I'm guilty of overworking or I was guilty. I'm trying really hard not to be, but hustle and busy, 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 you know, um, taking over from my family, taking over from all of the things, you know, just at the dinner table, you know, all, all of the things, <laughs> bringing the computer to bed at night, that kind of thing. Uh, and I'm sure if you're listening, you've been guilty of that at some point in time and that can't continue. You have to draw a line in the sand uh, with that. So what I do now is I have office hours. I've set boundaries in place which a lot of people like you know people in my inner circle my retailers inner circle know you know I don't normally jump into the groups at night or on weekends I mean sometimes I do but it's not an expectation they can tag me and a question in the inner circle if they have a question um, my my one-on-one -on -one clients you know my mastermind members people who have my texts you know they know they can text me anytime we have boxer conversations and boxer training back and forth but I'm not always going to be there on the weekends. So I try to put the boundaries in place. And, uh, you know, and, and people respect that. I really feel that by putting those boundaries in place, people have, um, I guess I'm practicing, I'm practicing what I teach, I guess is what I'm saying, because we can't be on 24 seven. So if somebody leaves me a Facebook message, you know, if you have a shop and somebody leaves you a Facebook message at 11 o'clock at night, on a, on a Saturday night, which used to happen to me, like when I was painting and teaching painting, people would put a question and then they would get mad because normally Wendy would answer right away. <laughs> That's just dumb. We can't do that. So, and, and once you put boundaries in place, people will learn your boundaries. I stopped giving my, like my text number, the only, like there's like my mastermind members and my kids have my text number my sister I think that's it so you know that's it I don't it's not all over the world anymore right it used to be everywhere as people were texting and calling and 
that's just, I, I changed my number, honestly, because of that. So, you know, we have to have boundaries in place. You have to have boundaries in place and that will change everything. Um, I'm not saying I don't still think about work on the weekends and all of that, but it, you just can't be an overworker all the time. It doesn't serve you, doesn't serve your business, and it doesn't serve your clients in the long run. You can do anything for a short period of time, but living like that all the time is not serving you. I want you to hear that. So if you've daydreamed and gone off, I want you to come back. You just can't work all the time, which brings me to number six. Number six of my really bad, uh, you know, mistakes that I made along the way with my career, my business was my health. And again, if you've taken Retail Made Simple, if you're a member of my inner circle, if you're a mastermind member, we talk a lot about you being the biggest asset in your business. And guess what happens if the biggest, if you know, if the biggest asset, if your biggest asset you think is your computer, the beautiful computer, or your POS system that you have, and it smashes and crashes and you can't run your business anymore. Well, that's you, my friend. So I was guilty of stress and maybe a little too much wine at night and not exercising and, you know, burnout is, was always on the, the horizon, I guess. Burnout was always just there. It was always just sort of hovering around me uh, in the early days. And I actually have, you know, had lots of burnout moments. I'm not proud to tell, to tell you about. Um, and I have shared this. I have shared my story of burnout in my shop way back in in the beginning uh, of the podcast and we'll, we'll tag that here I, I do share my burnout story but it just like the it's like burnout or you just can't continue right so that's not healthy so I've realized over the years that I'm my biggest asset and you are your biggest asset of your business you have to stay healthy your health matters again back to the boundaries back to you know being confident and getting help and all of the things so what I do now and how things have changed for me now is that I um you know, I'm trying, I, I keep, I keep, I keep trying to get healthier. I mean, I went through a period over this past winter where I kind of got lazy again. So now I'm back to walking and things that give me joy. Joy is a big thing of my health as well, too. If you're just work, work, work. So I make a point every day to try to find something fun and make me laugh or have, you know, to do something fun, family, health, you know, all of those things. And again, inside the inner circle, I have this entire, like we call it the wheel of life. And we talk about it and making sure that we're taking care of all of the parts of our life that keep us healthy. But for me, actually, like my body health, um, when I feel energetic, and I'm feeling good about myself, my brain feels better, I'm clearer, I'm sharper, I'm showing up better. I'm not frumpy feeling when I feel shabby. I, I, you know, I, when I feel shabby, I kind of show up, maybe not show up shabby, but eh, you know, it's harder to get excited about things. So what do they say? Shabby, you know, shabby is a shabby does. So let's get out of the shabbiness, right? And let's uh, make sure that we're leveling up and elevating our health so that we can elevate all our, the rest of our life in our business, right? Okay, last but not least, gonna wrap this up quick, I promise. We are looking at, um, I'm really guilty, I was really guilty about taking a passive and a really poor approach to business development. Okay, number seven. I, number seven of my deadly sins of my career, the mistakes I've made along the way, I took a poor and probably too passive approach to business development. And I find it embarrassing to talk about it, but that's um, 
that's reality, right? That's the real, that's the real deal is what really happened. So I wasn't a planner. I didn't plan out things. I was winging it. Um, my philosophy, I guess, was, you know, it'll all work out. And I was just in time for everything, like from bill paying to event planning to setting up my workshops to, I don't know, everything like just, you know, even everything, I guess, you know, even just going to the bank, you know, everything was just in time. I was just getting everything done in time. It was fine. It was all fine. It was fine. It was working. It was fine. <laughs> I was winging it a lot. Um, and maybe some of you have had that experience. And I also spent a lot of time thinking in my head, I guess, thinking I'll figure it out. Uh, I always do, you know, I'll figure it out. I always do. And that was a mantra, I guess, that I had in my head. And I still believe that that's important mantra to have. I will figure it out. But sometimes the answer was in front of me that, you know, I needed to figure it out by hiring help or investing in things or doing something. I was also really avoiding my numbers. Uh, I didn't have time. I was busy. My bookkeeping was piling up like day after day after day. There was like tons of um, paperwork. You know, I was just, again, just in time bookkeeping is not the way you want to be running a business. I see that now. I see the power in having my numbers and all of that, just having that in order and not winging all of that. So how it changed was I invested. I invested a lot. <laughs> I invested a lot into finding a good coach and finding uh, mentors and also part of the, the, the passive side of my business development, one of the things I, I realized after, you know, you kind of don't know what you didn't know. Well, there's a lot of things I didn't know, but one of the things that I realized when I like really paid attention to, I couldn't share that with anybody. I couldn't talk about it with anybody. I couldn't talk about my numbers. And I, I guess that's fine. I'm private and I was running my own business and that's okay. But what I realized was the power, like when I did start investing in coaches and I did apply for my first mastermind, I belonged to a mastermind group. Um, and I wanted to throw up, I'm going to be honest. I wanted to throw up the first time I took a business course. I wanted to throw up like for real, like uncomfortable, gross feeling, wanting to throw up, like scared out of my mind, honestly, kind of money to invest in a mastermind group and my first coach and all of that. But I realized what happened was like, it, it was a safe container, safe place to speak about, you know, I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with that or my numbers or whatever, and be honest with people and who got it. And that was enlightening to me that was like the big aha moment and that's the container I try to make sure that my people and my members and my mastermind group and inner circle and everybody that we talk about that stuff we talk about the hard times um, and I try to have that safe container for them I've learned how to be a better boss I learned how to put my CEO hat on <laughs> like I try to help people do now that ripple effect I guess and I you know I really have stepped into that role it was a big shift you know um, I the I think the one thing, if you can take away anything about my approach to business development at the time versus now, is I realized that if I wanted to build a successful business and I wanted to do something that mattered, I had to take the reins. I had I had to do it the best that I could do it. I had to stop pretending and 
you know, living in this hobby world, I guess, if that, you know, I, I would never have said that at the time that I was living in a hobby world, but I had to really like rise up and step into that. And it took, you know, it took a while. I mean, at the time, and again, I've shared that story many times, it was uncomfortable putting myself in a room. I've always done this and I love, you know, and I still do this. I still actually just this week as I'm recording this, I just this week um, did something else that made me want to throw up <laughs> and I've, you know, invested in something and I'm putting myself in the room, uh, where the conversation is different, right? Where the conversation is different, where people understand my mission, <laughs> my goals. And, you know, and I feel empowered by other people around me. I'm investing in team members that feel the same, you know, that kind of thing. That's the shift. I am building something that matters. You're building something that matters, it's not about you and, you know, your, your limitations. We all have limitations. I had so many limitations. I still do. I'm still working. We're always working on business development. There's, you know, the famous saying that I can't remember right now, but the famous saying of, you know, you're only going to, your business is only going to be as successful as the level of your business development. That's not the exact quote, but that's what it means. We, if we are not always learning and growing, neither is our business. So I really like when I, when I stepped outside of myself and I looked down at the big picture and I thought, okay, what has to change here so I can stop winging it? I can stop being just in time. I can stop trying to figure it out. Like I always do, you know, um, I realized that what was in the best interest of the business is what I, is the framework that I always had to come first so that I could have the lifestyle I want it to, right? So, I mean, it's both, but I am building a business and I needed to think like a business owner, not just, you know, Wendy, you know, I had to think about that as a CEO. So, uh, and I was trying to build a business that would support my lifestyle, which, you know, meant not being so overworked, watching my health, being a better boss, stop comparing, you know, have more confidence, all of those things and stop trying to be superwoman. So all of those things uh, were my, I guess, seven mistakes that I've made along the way. I don't know if that helps you any or if you've identified or seen yourself in any of those things or if you've ever experienced them. I will say that I work with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of retailers and I see, you know, similar similarities for a, a lot of self-employed people. It's just, you know, it's common. So, you know, we have to have faith in ourselves. We have to know that all all these struggles are learning things, right? We don't actually fail at anything we're learning. That's what they say. But it does feel like, you know, um, sloshing through the weeds through a lot of this. And, you know, it can be easier. It doesn't have to be so hard. Um, and sometimes I'm just a little slow on the uptake, apparently, <laughs> to learn these things. So my seven deadly sins of my career are the seven mistakes that I've made along the way. The first one uh, being a superwoman and a little bit arrogant, taking everything personally, my comparisitis and my imposter syndrome, my uh, poor leadership skills, I guess, or being, a, you know, poor communication and being a bad boss overworking myself, not taking care of my health. And my last one being passive and taking a really, I guess, passive approach is how I kind of think of it. That it wasn't that I wasn't doing business development, I was just taking a really passive, you know, just wasn't being aggressive with my business development. And I realized I needed to be. So I hope that you have found today's podcast helpful. I hope you took a nugget 
I hope that this has been some, there's some part of this that you're going to take action on. I would love to know, and you can, you know, reach out, let me know if you found this helpful. I love feedback. You can send me an email or reach out on Instagram at Wendy Batten Biz. Um, take a screenshot of this podcast and share it on your Instagram and tag me and I will be sure to share you and say hi. And it would be so, I'd be so grateful if you could do that for us as well too. I love doing these podcasts. Uh, feel, I don't like doing these ones where I'm talking about myself so much here, but it is life in the trenches and from a real retailer. And I, you know, as a business coach, I'm definitely not perfect. This is not where I come from. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you see that and uh, can forgive me my weaknesses. But, you know, I think we all have it. I think we grow from all these. And I think all of these uh, experiences that I've had um, help me make me a better coach, to be honest. Uh, well, I know they do actually. I'm not, I'm, I'm more confident in that part of it, to be honest. And I hope they help you as well too. Have a fantastic week, my friends. Uh, love hearing from you. Let us know, leave us a review and, uh, hope to see you next week. I have another really great podcast for you. So we'll see you have a great sales week and you know what, if nobody's told you lately, you're doing like awesome. You're awesome. Thanks for being here. it for this week's episode of the creative shop talk podcast i'm so glad that you're here to join us this week and i hope you found value in what we're sharing here i want to remind you that our website has all of the show notes you can find it at wendybatten.com slash podcast everything that you need to hear about today's podcast is there also an opportunity if you need to reach out to me if i can support you in any way whatsoever please feel free to reach out so thanks for joining us please leave a review subscribe if you can and never miss an episode we hope to see you back here again next week thanks my friend have a great week